double teamed fam. I hope you had a great day, month, year. How are we all doing? I'm very surprised we're already to October. So welcome. And today we have another special guest. Uh, you might know her as the Funny Dom's own submissive and she is also a switch. So we are welcoming Miss Night Eyes to today's episode. If you wanna say hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're just here to talk about how it's like being an own submissive, her journey in that, and just kind of take the conversation from there. So now I'll leave it to Nikki. She's here, of course. Hey, guys. Okay, so as always, we'll just kind of dive right in. And I'll give you the same question that I started off when we had our conversation with the funny Dom. And like I said, this is one of my favorite questions to ask people. So what inspired your Dom sub journey? I think it's less about one thing that inspired me as such as realizing that there's been a lot of breadcrumbs along the way that at the time I didn't know were significant or why. But once I found kink, you can look back and realize, oh, right, those things along the way, yeah, they, they make sense now. So mm -hmm. it, it's more been a journey like that. It's been really fun looking back and finding those things. So even as early as like, I'm such a Disney fan and, and the scene in Aladdin, which happened to be my favorite Disney movie, where Jasmine is handcuffed and chained to Jafar and just thinking, mm, okay, that's speaking to me for some reason. <laughs> oh, I absolutely love that. And then um, now looking back and going, oh, yeah, of course, like that's pretty kinky. That makes sense why that would have spoken to me. I think even recently having coffee with daddy and talking about Christmas coming up and how much of a Christmas nut I am and um, loving Christmas carols. And he asked what my favourite one was. And I said, oh, that's easy. Oh, holy night. But it really has to be a man singing it for some reason. I don't really know why. It just, that's what it has to be. And he's like, what's that one? How does that go again? And I'm like, you know, the one with the chorus that goes, fall on your knees. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hang on, maybe, maybe that was something. So, yeah, I think there's just been a, a few things like that. Being kinky has always been in me, and those things start to make sense when you look back. Yeah, le less like one defining, uh, not like a Fifty Shades of Grey, that's it, this is for me. But, yeah, definitely things make sense now. That's awesome. I love that journey as well. I'm going to have to really think back and see if any Disney movies spoke to me when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> see, I would say for me, it's like when I was, you know, first time I ever put on a choker and I'm thinking, hmm, I kind of like the pressure there, you know, like me. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that's where my journey began. <laughs> yes. Or just um, hearing people with raised voices it might be in a movie that's not kinky at all, but just hearing like a stern male voice and just going, mm, okay, that's getting me on some level. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I can agree to that. I know I had mentioned in the previous episode, for me, it was, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey kind of opened up a little bit more of that side. But then uh, kind of along the way, I remember reading other books that weren't necessarily kinky, but they had kind of scenes like that that had kink in them per se, you know, and, and that kind of along the way helped me realize some of the things that I liked. And now I've gotten to explore those things. And, and I, I mentioned this in the other episode as well. I love that moment of when something that you thought might be a kink 
comes to life and you realize, yep, this is a kink. So I'm curious, we'll kind of segue into your kind of where you are today in that journey, where that journey has led you to. So you're an own submissive. And my question there is, was that something that you were seeking or was it something that kind of came about as a product of the person that you entered the dom sub realm with? So was it the funny dom or was it you were, you were wanting to live that experience and have that? Well, I did. I have had one other dom prior to the funny dom. And when I realized that, hang on, I think I'm kinky and I need to get into exploring BDSM, I actually went out looking for that experience and found a dom. And I think at the time I was more just imagining it would be seen only, just the, the actual experience of that. But I pretty quickly slipped into talking to this person every day and it was always dynamic language. So it pretty quickly just slipped into that 24-7 type connection and that felt comfortable. So I don't think I actively went out looking for that 24-7 own submissive as such, but um, that does seem to come a bit more naturally. And it actually, with the funny dom, that, that's how that happened, was for a while it had been very 24-esque already. Mm-hmm. And we, we stopped and just said, I think we need to have a conversation. This has sort of become this and we, we need to have the language for it and understand what this has become. So it came about organically in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to define it. So is that something like for a sub that wants to experience 24-7, would you recommend that they kind of just, instead of seeking it out, wait until it kind of happens organically with a dom that they enter that kind of space naturally with? I think so. I think it has to come naturally because it is so based on that connection with that specific person and what your dynamic is. And you're not necessarily going to click with any person is the same as you would in any vanilla setting. So I think it has to, in some way, follow that almost like relationship escalator, that natural progression of a relationship to build to that point. Otherwise, I think you're skipping some steps, just wanting to jump straight into a, a 24-7 dynamic. Right. No, that makes sense. Absolutely. And I mean, building the trust in it is huge. So um, I would agree with that. Now, what are, if you don't mind cluing us in, do you have tasks? Do you have certain protocols? Like, are there things that you kind of have to check the box every day with him? What does that own submission look like for the two of you? Are there written rules? Yes, there are. So when we had that discussion around the terminology we would use, we realised that own submissive was what worked for us and that's when we decided that we would have some rules. So we we just thought about what was important specifically for me and my self-growth and my self-care and those kind of protocols that would relate to our relationship specifically. We negotiated them, but they are tailored to the needs that I have and the kinds of things that maybe I wasn't doing so well at the time, like, I know, drinking enough water, for example, or eating enough nutritious meals. Apparently, chips don't constitute a meal, which I still argue. (laughs) I saw the story on that. I thought that was adorable. I personally do think chips are a great meal. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you. Cheers. I'm glad. They are versatile. It's Potato is a versatile vegetable. I think it should be a meal. Oh, it is a staple. Yeah. What's like one of your most favorite either tasks or protocols that, you know, just fulfills you? I think um, 
Definitely the, the self-care ones that I have are things like bedtime, drinking a certain amount of water, eating. I also have to do 45 minutes of meditation just one time sometime in the week. And I think that's really good for me because I don't tend to switch off. I'm a very like active, always on the go person. So to have that set, you must meditate. And it can look like different things, but um, I have to be still for 45 minutes and reflect. That's really good for me. So that's probably one of my favorites. I meant to ask, I don't know if we asked this already. Do you wear a collar? No. So I'm owned, but not collared. Not collared. Mm, okay. Was well, there a reason for that? Is that a personal preference on your part? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about what coloring means for each of us. And I think for me personally, I kind of put the value on coloring, kind of like kinky engagement. It feels like a high level of commitment where it's the next step up from being owned, really. It's like owned submissive. I belong. I'm property. But coloring is like you are mine long term. I think it has that different meaning to me. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I love that. And I had never really thought about how being a collared submissive might mean different things to different people. So I'm going to have to reflect on what that would mean to me. If I, I know. That's what I was thinking. I'm if like, I ever what would that mean one. for me? Yeah, I love that. Now, in terms of the things that are part of you know your protocol and your tasks and whatnot, do you ever feel like they interfere with your life in any way? I'm just curious, and I know I'm sure a lot of people, you know, wonder too, you know, for someone that commits to this, if it ever kind of gets in the way of your normal life. And I think a lot of people, when they hear own submissive, they think you're like 24-7 on your knees, like next to a couch waiting for him to come home. And I'm like, that's I mean, not that it. sounds great. But <laughs> yeah. no, after work and see friends and we are polyamorous, so there's other partners as well. So I think one of my rules is actually as an owned sub that if I do go on any other dates or spend time with other partners or engage in any other kind of kinky play, that I have to carry or wear a tangible artifact of ownership. So I've got a little bracelet. Well, it's a necklace, but I wear it as a bracelet and it just says daddy's girl. So I can kind of just have this object on me that even if I'm with like another partner or going on a date, that I still have that connection to my daddy. I love that. that. Oh my God. I really do. This, that like made my heart kind can of Can you like- send me a picture of that bracelet? I just want to know what it looks like. <laughs> I have a question. Have your other partners been like respectful of that? I mean, I would hope so, especially if they're kind of in the kink community, but, or are there anything, things you have to kind of clue them in on before you enter that space with them since you are, you know, someone else's own submissive? Yeah, I am upfront. I let people know straight away that um, I am an own submissive. And personally speaking, I find that now that I'm embracing my kinky side, my kinky identity, the, the vanilla relationship stuff is no longer as satisfying to me. So the people that I am dating are generally kinky and will understand that I'm upfront and let them know, look, I'm an own sub. I have some rules. I'll let you know what they are and make sure that they're comfortable with those. Mm-hmm. I, I do have a question. Do you remember the last time you had vanilla sex? Yes. Um. <laughs> I'm not sure any more details. We're just curious. I'm just curious. <laughs> it was very triggering, I must say. <laughs> after after being kinky and even just as probably an overshare, but you have vanilla sex after that and they do the whole, I hope I'm not hurting you. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God, I know. A little, yeah. a little tap. On my bum is not hurting me. That's totally fine. (laughs) I know. It's like when I have vanilla sex and I'm like, please slap me across the face. And they're like, they're like, 
Uh, and it's like the little, this like love tap. And I'm like, mm, that's not going to cut know. it. No, like spit in my mouth, please. Like, <laughs> well, like what I was telling the funny Dom, whenever we interviewed him, I was saying in my subspace, I love, you know, spitting in my mouth when my Dom does that for me. But in vanilla sex, it is such a turnoff. And I don't know why. Do you have anything like that? Is there anything that if it was in vanilla in the realm of just vanilla stuff would be a hard pass. But if it's in the Dom subspace, you're all for it. I'm curious. I can't think of anything that would completely feel different, but I I do think that kind of um, impact play. So if they are trying to do like some spanking or something like that, it is, it's mostly satisfying because of the dynamic and what space that puts me in. And if I'm in a vanilla setting and I'm not going to get subspacey from it, it just feels a bit awkward. It doesn't actually do the same thing for me. I get that. Actually, I get that completely. Yeah. I'll be honest. I had that happen the other day. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I was having vanilla sex and he was spanking me. For a second, I thought, you know, it's not the same as when I'm in my subspace. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not. I get that. It's not. It's really not. Okay. So my next question was, and uh, you mentioned polyamorous and you mentioned, you know, your other partners and whatnot. Now that side, this question could be answered for both in your polyamory and also your kink. Are you open like with friends and family about it? Or, you know, is it something that you kind of keep pretty like to yourself? I'm a bit selective. I, I'm open with a handful of people, more so about being polyamorous than being kinky. I've come out to a lot more people as polyamorous, um, even in my workplace and things like that. It still gets some confusion, but I think that's a little easier for people to get their heads around than me starting to talk about my partner and calling him daddy. It gets some like shocked faces. <laughs> But there are a handful of friends that I've told about being an owned sub and and the whole kinky side. And because I am selective on who I tell and who I think will have that open mind and acceptance, they have been really lovely to the point that I do, when we're not in COVID lockdown, I do dancing, for example, and my friends there know. And there was a time recently that I got out of the car and I was um, quickly sending a message and they're just like, oh, come on, like, what are you doing? Are you messaging daddy? <laughs> like, really let everybody. <laughs> oh, I love that. Like, yes, daddy, but. <laughs> so there is a beautiful level of support from a handful of people. I love that. So and I'm curious, since you are kind of, or since you are known own submissive and you're probably in that realm more often than not, do you have any slip-ups? And the reason I ask is because I remember one time I was playing with a couple in the subspace. And then the next morning when I went home and my husband and I were in the kitchen doing stuff and he asked me to grab something for him. And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he looks at me. I can just imagine. He looks at me and he goes, excuse me? And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and we both started laughing about it. So do you have any slip ups like that? Like, can you think of one that like comes to mind if you do? Yeah, I have had that once messaging a good friend of mine and he was telling me about some dating he was going to do. And I I, I think because I was in that space of talking about my relationship in comparison, I must have just had that mindset. And um, without knowing, I said something about, you know, it's okay, daddy. 
and didn't know I'd said it in a message until I got this reply from him going, um, pardon, daddy now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. That, I obviously just, I don't know, <laughs> it was a bit embarrassing. Um, and I referred to myself in the third person as baby plenty of times because that's sort of the way that I do speak with daddy is I'll refer to myself as baby. And I've done that at work where I realised I was thinking out loud and had to go do something and I was like, oh, okay, baby needs to go over there. <laughs> it happens. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. I'm curious, when you say baby, does this have anything to do with like appealing to your inner child? Like, is that something that you kind of bring to the dom-sub realm? I've always been called baby by daddy. So he's daddy, I'm baby. And that's just the language that we use for each other. We do a little bit of DDLG as a part of, like, a part of my identity of, of being a submissive. I find that with being a switch, I've got a, a few things that, depending on my energy, I can slip into and... We've recently discovered that I do have quite a um, little side to me. So that's something we've been exploring. But yeah, baby is just the go-to title for me. So I'm curious, how does that title make you feel? Like in the sense of, and I should have asked Sir this, how his titles make him feel. But like, for example, I like being called good girl. And that's kind of like the, the one that I gravitate towards the most. And it just Y'all makes you not want to hear <laughs> my baby name. Now I do. <laughs> <laughs> my dom is going to kill me. Actually, you know, and I'll just say this real quick. My dom and I split up and we realized we want to get back together. So we're back together. Um, <laughs> but my name, because I like being a little, I like exploring it and I like that he explores it with me. But my little name is um, Little Pygmy Monkey. Oh, cute. <laughs> or Pygmy Marmoset. <laughs> interesting okay we've heard enough um so for you what does what does baby make you feel I'm curious um so it it is more a type so sorry that's thrown me a little bit that's really cute (laughs) but it is it is more a type so daddy does tend to call his subs baby so it's not a unique title at all but for me, that does feel like what I am for him. So I, even if I'm doing any other kinky play with other people, being called baby doesn't quite feel right. Uh, so I need to be called something else, even if it's just baby girl or something that's just a little bit different. So I do feel like that's become something that is specifically tied to that dynamic. Wait, so if he has other submissives that he calls baby, that doesn't make you like a little jealous that he has... <laughs> no, it's all right. I can compartmentalize that they're different things like for, for him, if that's what he calls everybody. But for me, that's what my identity is. That's just what I take from it. So yeah, that's okay. No, See, I want to be the only pygmy marmoset. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's a safe bet that you probably are. (laughs) But the name, like the name itself means so much to me that if he ever called another submissive that I would be like, you would bully, I get it. Because it does, for me, it does tie into my inner child. So yeah, of course. I do have my own unique thing with him though, that I am his only own sub for the time being at the moment but also recently we've come to some terminology I think mostly because of my switchiness there was a bit of dynamic hierarchy kind of play where it was a fun thing to 
talk about being like alpha sub and if we had group play that I'd be potentially that switch in the middle of, you know, having that bit of um, fun, playful hierarchy. And with that whole alpha submissive discussion, I'm very into wolves. That's a, a part of something that I'm a bit like spiritual with. And with, if you follow my Instagram page, you'll see it's got my mm-hmm. my yeah. profile picture as me and a wolf. I love that, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. But so the alpha wolf in a pack is called a lunar. So when we started talking about me being alpha sub, we kind of came to that um, name of Luna. So now Daddy, if he wants to be extra affectionate, will call me his Luna. And that feels even more special to me than baby. I don't know why I had such an emotional reaction to that. I think that's the cutest thing ever. No one Isn't that adorable? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I right. absolutely love Luna, that. Luna, little pygmy <gasps> marmoset. So we got to find one for Yeah, you. I got to find My doms need to come up with something that's a little bit more special. <laughs> an animal name for me. <laughs> no, I love Luna. I remember the funny dom telling me that. We were chatting on Instagram, and he was telling me that, and I just absolutely loved it. So I, I like mm. that you identify with wolves, I guess, because I am also one of those people that likes to identify with a spirit animal. For me, it's my siren. I have Like, like an, an energy? Uh, I don't know. Like I, I identify with the lion. Okay, I identify with sirens. Like I, There's like an inner siren in me. You know, mm. Like That's what it would be in relation to for me. So, so I, but I don't know what mermaid. I, mm, <laughs> little mermaid doesn't quite hit it. It doesn't that. do it for me now. Okay. Anyways, I think that's adorable that you guys have that. And that's super special. And like, to me, you know, that's kind of what this realm is about. You create these bonds with people, not only in like the things that you do, you know, with the impact play and the punishment and the, you know, the roles and everything, but also little things like that. That really do mean a lot to you. And yeah, and that appeals to things that you connect with. Like, you know, you said you connect with wolves, and, and here he is, you know, as the alpha, he calls you Luna. Like, I don't think people outside of kink understand kind of the weight of that, if that makes sense, to have that connection with someone, to have that kind of, like, bonding thing. And explaining it to vanilla people. So they're just going to be like, what? You like wolves? Yeah. (laughs) I think that that's the thing when I have explained all of this and tried to explain my dynamic to vanilla friends, they don't get it. And I don't expect them to have that level of understanding. It just that, you know, open mind and acceptance is all I need. Yes. To to have that kind of understanding. I think unless you're kinky, unless you're in the lifestyle, unless you've lived that kind of relationship, there's only so much you can understand it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like everyone should try it personally, but I understand it's also not for everyone. Well, I mean, it it is a different, for me, it's like a different side of me, but connect. I don't really know how to explain that. No, I get that. But I mean, it it is like a switch, you know, regular me and then subspace me are just two completely different people. But I love both sides equally. I might like my sub side more, but no, it's like a switch for me too. I remember last time I was playing with the, the Dom couple that... I know I always mention, but they're like the most awesome people and I just love that I've met them. But that's what I remember he said. He was like, it's like a switch with you. Like when you enter your subspace, you're like a completely different person. Like when he said that, it brought so much gratitude and fulfillment to me. Like those few little words right there in that space. I was like, it just, it, it does things to me anyways. So I know we mentioned impact play a little bit and I'm just curious. And I know I asked Sir a very similar question but what is your favorite form of punishment? Oh, easy. So over the knee spanking, which I may or may not have needed about 10 minutes before this interview. Wow. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> 
Love that. Love that. I need some spanking, please. Like, take the anxiety away. (laughs) So, over the knee spanking or um, a flogger is my favorite tool, like, impact toy of choice. That's awesome. I connect with you there. Over the knee is my absolute favorite. My absolute, absolute favorite. Oh, I'm curious. Okay, because I know you're a switch as well. When you're in the space as a dom, do you have any toys in particular that you like to use on your submissives? I think that still the flogger is probably my favorite. Yeah. It's just a a very, there's a lot of sensation to it. You can do a lot of teasing with it. It makes a great sound. And there's, you know, you can obviously, there's a whole range of how painful you can make that. (laughs) Do you have multiple floggers or like one favorite? What does that look like? I've got one currently and one in the mail on its way. (laughs) Is there a good source for floggers? Is there a site or a maker that you recommend for floggers? I tend to jump on Etsy and have a look at online stores and and different makers first before I decide. I don't really have one single go-to. I do like Etsy because you do find a lot of very nice kinky toys from, you know, people who hand make them. Mm. So. I mean, I've, I've been looking at a garter set that I've been wanting. Oh, I, I just got mm. one on Etsy, actually. I guess we can kind of take this to, or, you know, segue this into your Switch side, which I'm very curious about. I personally identify as a Switch. I haven't explored my Dom side as much as I would like, but I have started to explore it. And um, I've definitely realized recently that I want to put more energy into that. But would you say you're more Dom-leaning or sub-leaning in the Switch space? I think because I am an owned sub and that's where my energy, I spend the most time in that energy mm-hmm. um, with Dave, it feels like I'm more sub-leaning. But it's interesting because when I did eventually discover that I was switchy, then when looking at new connections, I was finding that I was sort of more stuck in that dom space of when I was pursuing new things, that I, I was being a lot more drawn to um, like that bottom energy. So I don't really know. <laughs> I think I'm more sub-leaning, but um, yeah, new partners, I, I tend to be a bit more dom-leaning. Now, which one makes you feel more powerful? I'm curious. I think I would say that both have equal power because like you hear people say a dom doesn't have any power unless the submissive hands it over. So I think they're both equally powerful, but obviously um, the dom is given the authority. So power-wise, I feel the same, but it does actually feel very different in my body just in terms of what my energies feel like. So my sub-energy is very soft. It's very, like, um, doe-eyed, like, want to drop to my knees. Your awareness kind of evaporates. You kind of get lost in that subspace that's less in your body, I suppose, less focus. But when I'm in my dom energy, it just feels completely different that my body, I'm more in my body. I feel my posture is even different. My jaw, like the set of my jaw, like I suddenly feel like I have, um, like, more more focus even my eyes like I'm I'm more aware of the actual surroundings and and my partner in that moment so they definitely feel different depending on yeah which energy I'm in nice love that like I said I haven't explored it too much but I would agree that I notice when I enter kind of more of that top dom energy I would say so far I've probably topped more than I've actually like domed but it is a different kind of a 
energy about me. Like it's just a different side of me. I don't know how to explain it, but you're right. So your posture, like the way that you just kind of carry yourself is just so different from the subspace. It's two very completely different energies. I don't think I could ever get into a, you know, a dom space or be a dom because when I have vanilla sex and like I'm on top, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's not, I don't feel, you know, if I have any sort of like top dynamic and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm the one like doing spanking or doing something. I don't feel any like oomph from that. I don't know. Vanilla sex. Like if I'm like even being just a little bit submissive, like even in my own mind, that's where I flourish. So I just, I don't know that I could ever be a dom. Oh, that makes sense. I don't know. I, I don't know if this is kind of similar to your experience, but for me at least, I would say yes. When I was on top during vanilla sex, I started. Like, did you ever choke a guy and be like, "Hell yeah"? Yeah, actually, that's okay. exactly what happened. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. So <laughs> I choked a guy once, and then I was like, "Hmm, kind of like this." And then with women as well, I kind of got into a little bit more of a of a top situation. Like I wanted to be in control, and that's kind of what awoke my switchy side. Okay, that's the word that I was trying to use earlier. Yeah. yeah, if I ever took control in vanilla sex, I didn't like it. I was like, meh, not for me. So it sounds like you started as a sub and then kind of turned into a switchy. So did you have like a moment or an something? Awakening? An awakening? It was in this dynamic with the funny Dom that we um, discovered it together. And I was in denial for a while. I was like, no, no, I'm not a switch. I'm, I'm a sub. No, I no. <laughs> but it was in some group play and I didn't know that I had that side to me and it was with another woman so another female sub and without being aware I did get very toppy so even though we were both meant to be the submissives in the scene I was finding that I was topping her very naturally and uh, it was afterwards that on reflection of the scene that he was like okay um what was that <laughs> love that it hasn't happened before and so he said that maybe we should explore that some more so we had some more group play with a, like a, a different like partner as well a female again and the same thing happened and I thought okay well maybe it's just a female thing maybe I just get toppy with females that must just be it but then it turns out that once I'd started to discover that energy I was picking up on that in other people men too to the point that my own submissive partners are male so definitely this this moment that I just realized oh no this isn't just like getting toppy with like the third party and it's not just female I've discovered this energy so no that's your wolf like, oh. yeah it was yeah there you go oh I love that yeah wait so you do have own submissives yourself that are men no, I don't have any own submissives, but I do have like another partner that I see who is switchy, but doesn't have a lot of experience yet. So it's sort of been a little bit more of a let's explore this together. But I definitely have been in my dom energy with, with that partner. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, so if you're both switchy. Oh, you're guiding him. Yeah. Yeah. Mental relationship. That's adorable. <laughs> See, I love this is why I love the kink world. It's like, you know, you take someone under your wing and then you kinda like explore it together. But it's beautiful when you find someone to go into that with. Oh no, I totally there's a guy I, I wouldn't say we're okay, we've like hooked up a couple times, but he's told me that he's very interested in the Dom sub world, but in his previous relationship his partner wasn't very into it, so he never had a chance to explore. And like I'm just trying to take him under my wing. And slowly, like glacial pace, introduce him 
to some of the things that I like and to the Dom sub and just kind of see what he likes and what he connects with. I don't know where that will go, but I want to be able to kind of do that with him. Like, I think it's amazing when people take on that kind of mentorship role. And and I love that for you, you know, not only it sounds like at least, you know, you're learning a lot about yourself with the funny Dom, but you're also, you know, taking some of that and kind of applying it to your other relationships and learning even more. So it's just, it's just all around learning, in my opinion, is what it seems like. So I had a question here. I asked the question related to slip-ups in vanilla world, but have you ever had slip-ups between like Dom sub? So for example, you're in the subspace, maybe that little bit of Dom energy peeks through or vice versa. Have you had that? There's definitely been a couple, but um, for the most part, because it is very much an energy-driven thing, once I uh, find that energy with a partner or the person that I'm with, it tends to stay that way, even though I'm switchy. I don't tend to switch with a single person. It's more I'm either a dom or a sub with people. Right. But there's definitely been a couple of times that I can think of where that's kind of peaked through, even with the funny dom a little bit, like uh, right at the beginning when he realised that I was a bit switchy. He sort of let me explore just a tiny bit with some of that energy, but, like, it would literally be, like, I'm on top and I go to like put my hands remotely near his throat because I'm starting to feel that energy and it would last all of about two seconds until I was like thrown over. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get to like explore my switchy side with him, but I can think of a time where when we were exploring my switchy side in that group play that second time when it was actually um, a bit of active discovery, I was allowed to, under his watch, top like impact top the third and I got into that very like dom energy very top energy the part of that plan scene was that I was going to be her impact warm-up and then we would both be bent over and take like a very heavy caning together and I found that because I was in that dom energy at first doing the impact play that when it was suddenly time to um, be sub and receive impact I struggled to get into my subspace and I found that impact session was very intense because without my subspace, it it was more painful. I was too present in my body. Oh, I never thought of that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Kind of a similar question. You know, in your early days of being a sub, did you ever have any slip ups in the sense of like, maybe you like exited the space real quick? Um, No, I don't think so. I think it's... If anything, it was taking a lot longer to get out of subspace Uh um, because even though I had the first dom, we never really got to do many actual structured scenes. So the funny dom, um, our, our first like structured scene was actually my first proper scene like that. And I got very, very subspacey, which I know he told this story on his interview with you to the point of saying things that I don't recall saying because I was so subspacey that I was gone. <laughs> so it took a lot longer to come out of that um, originally. Yeah. That makes sense. I wanted to ask because we were kind of talking about entering the subspace and, and you mentioned, you know, you like being a little, but have you ever like explored a bratty sub side to your subspace or no? I'm such a brat. Yes. Oh, I love that. Okay, tell us more about it. It's just who I am. I can't control it. And the more that I brat and get punished for it I think the more it just reinforces being a rat because I enjoy the punishment but 
Yeah, I think when I'm little, the rat side disappears. It's a very different energy. It's a very, like, innocent, very, like, protected space. I'm not cheeky. But, yeah, if I'm just my regular, like, submissive energy, then, yeah, I'm absolutely a brat. (laughs) I love that. I haven't explored my brat side in a while. The first Dom that I had, I was very bratty with him. And that kind of really played into our dynamic because his favorite form of punishment was not impact play. He liked to just choke the living shit out of me. But as a brat, (laughs) that was my favorite was to like entice him to go harder with that but with my the dom sub couple that i've played with recently i don't know what it is about them but i just cannot enter my bratty subspace with them like i have such a need to please them that i have yet to find the ability to like go back to my bratty side with them i just can't I don't know what it is. It's definitely a relationship thing. It it does depend on the person you're with. So I know there is that difference between like respectful bratting and just being like disrespectful. But I think because I know with my Dom, he, um, he, he sees that cheekiness and he actually gets that amusement out of it because he is a bit of a brat tamer. He does enjoy, you know okay, that's cute, but you're getting put straight back in your place. That it is fun. It is fun to play with a bit of bratting. Uh, instead of it being, okay, no, you're going, you're going to get like a certain amount of smacks if you don't stop. I'm like, oh, well, that's, you know, I'm going to keep going if that's what's on offer. Like, <laughs> um, if there's something like, okay, like keep going and I'll get the cane out. Like, oh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> See, I've started exploring with my Dom. If I know we have a session coming up, I will be like a little cheeky over text because I want the punishment as soon, like when we have our sessions. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's me exploring a bratty side or not, but I, I, I like the, if I know there's like a good amount of punishment coming up, I get very, very excited. Yes. Yeah. That was me too. Until they work out that the punishment is what you're doing it for and that cheekiness, they work out that, okay, no, that's just punishment for you. So the actual punishment is withholding that or finding something else to punish you. That's when it stops being fun. (laughs) You keep mentioning the cane, and I'm very curious. I've never played with a cane, and I'm suddenly very intrigued. So I'm I'm on a new journey now to find either a cane to bring to my next session or someone with a cane. See, I I like a belt, so a cane, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, I I enjoy the belt as well. I like hands like in a spanking flogging belt all of that is fine I used to actually enjoy the cane because it's what marks me best and I really enjoy having those marks but that session that I was talking about earlier where it was hard to get into my subspace and the impact was hurting like so much more because of it that was with the cane and that was like a very heavy caning that that session was with the intent to I'm not stopping unless you safe word because we're going to really push your limits this time so getting to that point it had that association after that point. And then any time that I've needed actual punishment, if it's the cane, I've now associated that with punishment. It no longer has that punishment aspect to it anymore. Oh, that makes sense. So I feel like there's some, I wouldn't say trauma to work through there, but some what, disassociation. What's the word I'm looking for? You know what I'm saying? A little bit of feelings? Yeah, maybe? like a little bit of a disconnect maybe to work through. Disconnect. That's what I was trying to... Yeah, like your, like your relationship with the cane needs some TLC. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, it's just used as punishment because there needs to be something. Like no other impact's going to work as a deterrent for breaking my rules or ratty behaviour like the cane will. So. Mm-hmm. 
That makes sense. Now, when I said relationship with the cane, I often look at things as, you know, even with objects, I look at them as relationships. So for example, like my relationship with my vibrator. In the last episode, I talked about like my relationship with my asshole because, you know, for anal play and stuff like that. Like, are there any particular, besides a cane, maybe any toys, things in the realm of, you know, what you would use in Dom Sub that you either like, you want to improve that relationship so you're working on it or maybe, you know, you have a great relationship and it's, you know, it's something that you like you cherish. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think um, positive relationship or positive association wise, I think I do get that from spanking and from flogging. The flogging is actually quite often used as a reward for me. Mm. Ooh. following my rules or or I've done something worthy of praise it's like okay well you've you've been a good girl so maybe I'll I'll give you an extra hard flogging yes okay thank you (laughs) (laughs) love that yeah I I can't think of anything else that has a negative association other than the cane at this point interesting okay I am really curious about a cane is it a wooden cane what is it made out of so I've got my own which now we tend to use more I don't know what it is it's kind of like a hard rubber like Dave's one is actual like bamboo cane, but mine's more owies, so that's why he's chosen to use. <laughs> oh, I love that more owie. I love that. <laughs> See, I need to get into more of the toy toys. I feel like me and my Dom, we find the very unconventional things and make them into toys. <laughs> like what? Yes, I've done this. I have actually done this. I've got a, a funny story with my submissive partner or my switch partner. Yeah, he's going to listen to this and go, no, don't tell the story on the podcast. He he came over for dinner and happened to spill his dinner on his lap um, and we're having noodles at the time. So it's just become this funny ongoing gag that, you know, anything to do with noodles and he. And when I did an impact session on him recently, it goes to show, you know, you can find household items and turn them into impact toys. So I actually found this lap paddle-like spoon to use on him in our impact session and he he was going through the supermarket and took a photo and just said oh my gosh triggered I've just found it (laughs) and it's a wok stirrer so it used to you know if you're making noodles in a wok you can use a wok stirrer so he just feels a bit triggered now anytime anytime he sees a wok stirrer. I thought you were about to say that you were going to use raw pasta on him (laughs) as an impact <laughs> oh, that's a brilliant idea. I, might I know, that. as soon as you said noodles, I'm like, where is this going? I, know, I, was, I like, was very <laughs> intrigued. I was like, if pasta can be used as an impact toy, I want to know how. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just some sensation play, some like dry pasta, or just like trail over him. <laughs> I was going to say, if you really want to trigger him, yes, yeah, some like dry pasta, kind of bunch it together, and then that wooden spoon. And so I kind of like tickle him with the pasta and then hit him yep. with the spoon. I can crush some up, crush some up, put it on a chopping board, make him kneel on it. I can go lots of places with that. That's so creative. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, this is amazing. See, you can turn anything kinky. You really can. Pasta. <laughs> Cooking utensils. Go out for dinner, order the pasta, and you'll be instantly triggered. <laughs> a waiter comes by your lips, I'll have the pasta. And he like immediately like clenches up. And like starts having like I love that. Okay, we can kind of end it up here. And this is actually the last question that I had asked Sir as well. 
we have watched some shows like kind of related to kink and whatnot. Um, I know we discussed bonding with Sir whenever we recorded his episode, which I was actually watching bonding the other day with. Oh, did you rewatch it? Yeah. So that that one guy that I mentioned earlier that I'm trying to kind of you know see if I can bring him into the Dom sub realm. I suggested we watch bonding just so he could kind of see a little bit of it. But I know Sir kind of said the things that he would like to see. What are you know some of the things that you would like to see? in the representation of BDSM in media forms? I think in media, when BDSM is portrayed, they tend to do very, like, master-slave, very, like, dungeon aesthetic that people are going to be in, like, fetish wear, like, leather, all of that. That was a big misconception when I started to tell people, like, I'm into BDSM and I'm a sub and, and... I have a dom, one of the first questions I was getting was like, what, like 50 shades of grey? Like, what do you wear? Like, is it like the movies? Is it like a dungeon and you wear like leather? And I had to explain, no, like that's definitely a part of it, but that's not what everything is. I think something that's underrepresented is just the psychological side of things. I think there's a lot of emphasis put on like bondage and on fetish wear and on um, yeah, that dungeon aesthetic, but um, there's not a lot of portrayal of just the dynamic relationship and where that power exchange plays out just in regular things. So that would be nice to see a little bit more of. I would agree. Well, kind of like when you mentioned the thing where, you know, the Luna, you know, for you, like that's a deeply like psychological thing. It really appeals to something that connects with you. And you're right. We really don't see a lot of that in these shows. But I mean, that would take the showing the conversations of how those things come to be and how you, you know, talk about what connects with you and how your dom or your sub can appeal to that in some way. Even in uh, the movie um, Secretary, Mm -hmm. how there was a lot of um, looking into how that was developing for them. But that scene where she has to call him up and ask, okay, what am I having for dinner? And he specifically tells her how many peas and and what things to put on her plate. That kind of side of things where it's like, okay, this is a very simple task. Vanilla people probably wouldn't understand that psychological effect that that has, Um, but just how um, that power exchange plays out in those those vanilla-type things and what that does to your relationship. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that kind of reminded me of you're saying we always see the master slave. We always see kind of the more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, kind of those dynamics, the the ownedness. But, you know, like in y'all's relationship, for example, you know, there's a lot of care. He obviously has a lot of care for your self-care and, you know, making sure that you drink water, you know, your the rule about meditation, things like that. Showing more of that as well, I think would be deeply beneficial and seeing how, especially in the, the daddy dom, you know, little girl kind of relationships how it really appeals to someone just wanting to take care of their submissive things like that i think it would be you know people would get a different perspective on it if they saw a little bit more of that yeah i I think so too that self-care is the main portion of what my rules are about so Mm -hmm. well and i think like 50 shades i don't think portrayed it correctly because it looked like his form of self-care was like buying her cars and it's like that's not realistic (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah well I mean in the books I do remember he he always like had an obsession with her eating which there are other books that I've read I don't know why authors gravitate towards that one because I I do feel like there are more that could be shown like when you said drinking water and meditation I think those are two good ones but 
I always see ones where like the girl, the in books at least where there's some level of kink, it always has to do with eating. And I just don't relate to that because like I'm always thinking about food. So I'm like, why is everyone like having to convince people? To eat? I did like in Fifty Shades of Grey how like one of the protocols was like braiding her hair. Because I thought that was very sweet. Because, yeah, you know, like, are you ever in subspace and like giving a really sloppy blowjob? <laughs> and your hair is just like all over you and you're just like, I wish you would have braided it. Yeah, yeah. You've got to grab a fistful of it, move it out of my way. I'm eating my own hair. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I do agree with you, though. As far as the self-care goes, I wish that was portrayed in a more, like, tender way. Yeah, and not just related to eating. I think water is an important. I love the meditation one. That one, I'm just going to, like, instill on myself. The Dom side in me is going to tell this up. <laughs> Talk yourself. I do that. You laugh, but that's something that I have to do all the time, especially if daddy's busy. I like, I top myself and I have to try and like be my own daddy just like in the interim. And so things like having water or, you know, turning off my phone and, and meditating, you have to be able to do that for yourself. I want to, yeah, I want to start entering that space by myself. I got this. I'll do it. You know, I, I feel like I've been called to meditate more. So I'm trying to figure out how to, how to do that effectively because I feel like I've yet to be able to do it well. It does take practice, I would say. You did mention earlier, it brought a question to my mind. You mentioned like what to wear. Are there certain things that you like to wear in the subspace? And then also, are there certain things you like to wear in the dom space? I think um, I don't have any like, specific outfits or anything like that when I'm just specifically dom or sub. I definitely, if I'm little, I do have like my own onesie and a packy and like a stuffy. So I've got all, all of the things for my little space. But I don't know. I think because I am just a 24-7 sub, it is just as I am. I don't have to, you know put any particular clothing on or, or do that to get into that space and when I'm done or, or planning a scene for that I tend to just be in something that's a little bit more comfortable and easy to move in especially if I'm doing something like rope and I need to be able to get into different positions and move around a person I don't want to be wearing anything too restrictive mm-hmm. I see that I like that I just I notice for myself at least when I want to be kind of more of like a good girl I gravitate towards like a lot of like really feminine things versus like when I was more of a bratty sub with my previous on which this was a while back I didn't gravitate as much towards like the lace and the feminine it was a little bit more I mean I, I still went to like I, I guess I lean more towards like silk and things that were a little bit different. I don't know. It's just like, I, I know it's small differences, but it had a very different effect on my energy, if I remember. Yeah. I know my Dom likes to, if I'm wearing crop tops, I like to wear a lot of tiny crop tops. And he likes to push it up so that it's just my boobs showing, but he doesn't take it off. And a lot of the times, his instruction for me will be to not take my top off and he'll just move it over. And so that's when I'm in my subspace, that's usually what I wear. I wear tiny little tops and then he just pushes it up. Ari, I don't know if you're allowed to answer this, but is there anything that Sir particularly likes to wear in the space? No, he, he um, I think he just like wears what he normally wears. There's no like change of outfit to get into a space. He's 24-7 daddy. That's just who he is. So it's the same, whatever he's wearing. Now for your submissives, is there anything you like to see on them? 
No, not, not necessarily. They just have to be comfortable. If I'm going to be doing something like sensation play, road impact, clothes tend to come off anyway so that you have skin to work with. So it doesn't really matter what they're wearing before the scene. It's coming off anyway. I just know sometimes like different things or clothes or things that you wear bring about different energy. So I was just curious. I definitely do. And I remember, was it in Fifty Shades that he would just wear jeans? Yeah, he put on jeans. Barefoot? Yeah, jeans barefoot. Because he was always in suits. I'm starting to remember more of the book as I'm like... (laughs) I know, through this conversation. I know, I I keep referring back to it. I'm like, hmm. Oh, we asked this question to him as well, which I'm curious about. So do you have any goals for your dom sub space? Things you like want to explore or things you want to grow in? I think I definitely have some skills that I'd like to refine. I'd like to do some actual shibari uh, classes when we're out of lockdown. And, um, and yeah, just some formal classes like that would be really nice. But I'm pretty open to just seeing where things go. I think 12 months ago I never would have dreamed that I had a dom side to me and that I would actually be practising now. So I think just being open and wherever that goes is wherever it goes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's great. I love Shibari. I think we briefly mentioned or talked about it in our episode with him as well. Have you been tied up kind of like in the very intricate like suspension? What have you been able to explore on that side? I've bunnied for or like rope bottomed for a couple of people before just in practice. So like um, I've gone to classes just as a bunny before. Um, I did have a couple of like formal Shibari sessions where daddy came along to watch, which was very sweet. He was, like, there to oversee that I was being treated well, which was adorable. I love that. Um, And one of those, uh, there was a protocol in place that after I was untied, I had to crawl on my hands and knees over to him and suck on his fingers. So that was (laughs) a very lovely experience. That's awesome. (laughs) Which was also very difficult because I was very spacey and then I realized I had to crawl somewhere. It was a lot of effort. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And especially, like, if you were just tied up, you know, sometimes things are kind of getting back into their movement and, yeah. yeah. Apart from that, I haven't had a lot of of experiences as a rope bottom yet, so that's definitely on the wish list. Yeah. No, I would agree. Shibari and and rope play is something I want to do more of too. You know, the couple that I've been playing with, they introduced me to it. And I was just like one of the most amazing moments to experience it. And then in the time that when they um, like suspended me like in the rope, like I felt like a piece of art. And that's like to me, that was the best like appeal to it is I just I felt like a hanging art piece. Yeah, I know I talk about them a lot, but like they literally just make me feel things that like I've never felt before. And I love that. I would like to experiment more with rope play and shibari for sure. But you've done shibari on other people as well. Yeah, I've I've got just like a basic level of skill enough to be able to put someone in rope. It may not be the most technical thing, but yeah, um, yeah, I've got a few basic ties that I can do. And it is something that I do for that meditation time that I have to do every week. It's often something that I'll do to get me started is just like a little self-tie and get me into that space. Oh, that's oh a great I like idea. that. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Where did you learn how to do the self-tie? Was that like YouTube or is it like a class you took? Yeah, there's some YouTube videos. There's also a, a Shibari study app that I got a subscription to because we're in lockdown and can't go to um, face-to-face classes at the moment. I downloaded that to be able to watch some videos. So just starting with that for now. I might try that. That's a great suggestion. Thank you for that. Actually, we do have a friend that did some self-classes. You could ask her about that. Oh, so. really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Do you find that there are good opportunities where you live, granted outside of lockdown, because I know that changes a lot of things, but do you find there's a good opportunity for like workshops and stuff in your area or your city for like people who want to learn more about DOMSUB? Yeah, the, um, I think we're pretty blessed that the city we live in does have quite a vibrant kink scene when we're not in lockdown. There are a lot of events, there are classes, there are actually quite a lot of shibari classes around there's even a um, monthly shibari event that happens just in a in a bar and you can go and watch like four live performances of shibari, which is really nice. But, yeah, looking forward to being able to get back to those. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, y'all's lockdown is intense. Yeah, I think we're at like 200 and like something, 200 nearly 50 days, I think, that we've been in hard lockdown. <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah. Since, since it began. Wow, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Well, hopefully that will, you know, at least dwindle soon so that you guys can all get back to, you know, the normal kink scenes. I know LA has a pretty good kink scene and I'm starting to discover more of it. So I think that's a lot of fun. Have you ever taken any vanilla friends? Yeah, yeah. So that switchy partner that I talked about, I've I've brought him to and I've talked to a few others about it that are interested in going when it reopens. It's nice to introduce people to those things. They can start their own journeys doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that kind of concludes all the questions that we had for you today. You've been an absolute delight. And I just I love hearing about your various relationships and all of this. And I'm definitely feeling inspired by quite a bit of it to, you know, go explore more of my Dom sub side in different ways. So we definitely thank you for joining us. You mentioned a passy, and now I'm like, hmm, I kind of need one. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you again. Daddy's here, and Daddy's upstairs in my bathtub right now listening to me, and he said that when it's over, I have to go join him. So <laughs> oh. oh, yes. Go have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Oh, sorry. One last question, because I asked him this as well. What's your favorite form of aftercare? Mm, it's got to just be cuddles. It's just my go-to. I can't help like I think there's other things that could be switched out, but if I didn't have cuddles in aftercare, it would feel incomplete. Mm-hmm. I get that. For me, it's bathing. Bathing is like my favorite, but cuddles are a good one. Minor cuddles. And I like to be with my dom. I actually like to be the big spoon in a way. Mm, interesting. Um, well, it's kind of hard to explain. I like it when I'm like tucked into his back because it's really warm. Um <laughs> I don't know why this sounds so weird, but like being tucked into his back and then he likes to hold my arms. That's my favorite. So, well, thank you again for joining us. And I hope you and Sir have a wonderful rest of your day in your <laughs> Dom Sub space. And to all of our followers, go give her a follow on IG if you don't follow her already. It's Ms. Underscore Night Eyes. It's MS, right? Yeah, MS underscore night eyes. Okay, perfect. Yes, so go give her a follow, MS underscore night eyes. Her memes are an absolute delight. I absolutely love them. (laughs) And we love to share them. Yes, I've noticed. Thank you for that. It was funny because the other day my dom sent me one of your memes and I loved (laughs) it. I'm going to talk to her. (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see y'all next week. Hope you learned something from Miss Night Eyes and her inspiring journey. And we can't wait to see more of her on social media and also on the Funny Doms. I believe you're on his Patreon, correct? 
Yes. Oh, awesome. yes. Go support them there. Go buy them a coffee. Yes, give them a coffee. Go listen to their bedtime stories. I can't <laughs> wait to tune in to those. <laughs> well, um, thank you again. And yeah, we just look forward to following you some more. Thank you, Lady Gil. Have a great one.